0: This is Ryan Bell from the Life After God podcast, and I never listen. I mean, why would I listen to I Doubt It With Dolomore? I mean, that's the competition. You need to listen to Life After God. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dallimore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us up episode 369 of I Doubt It with Dallimore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dallimore. And seated across from me, that other host of the show, the lovely and talented... Brittany Page.
1: It is a new year. It is
0: a new year. Mm-hmm. Some things seem different
1: and oh, some yeah? things
0: do not, Brittany Page.
1: Some things seem different, huh? I don't
0: know. Like getting... Donald Trump,
1: new year, new him.
0: <laughs> new year, new him. Yeah. No, that does not seem different. Mm. But there's big things in store professionally for us this year and uh i'm looking forward to that
1: yes for sure
0: but some things don't seem to change Mm. and we we will get into all of the donald trump related static items but can i talk about something that also isn't changing so far this year yes this might have been oh this was pre going to the movies that yeah. was pre-New Year's Eve, though. Uh,
1: yeah, but it was right on the edge there. Right so I don't think there's going to be a, <laughs> a change that occurs.
0: The lovely and talented Brittany Page and I went to see the latest installment of uh, the Star Wars movies. Yep. The Last Jedi.
1: Mm-hmm, that's the one.
0: And over the course of 369 and however many bonus episodes, uh-huh. we-, we have talked at length about our hmm, bad luck Sometimes at the movies. No. so It's never come up. There's a theater we go to where there's... It seems like there's a lot of... There's a a preponderance of old people Mm -hmm. in the audience. A
1: disproportionate amount of people of a certain age. Yeah, a
0: lot of talking loudly to one another because they're not understanding what's going on. Yeah. Or they recognize someone from a different show. Right. Because oddly enough, in their universe... Actors are only... They only act in one thing. Yes. It's odd for them to see someone who acted in something else. Yeah.
1: I I would like to paint the picture of what happened in Star Wars, if that's okay. Yeah, and
0: it's not old people related.
1: No, it was actually young people related. And (laughs) so we're sitting there. It's getting closer for the movie to start, uh, for the previews to start. And in walks this man with his toddler... Now, now,
0: pacifier in mouth, toddler.
1: Pacifier in mouth for Star Wars at like 8 p.m.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Okay, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging the, the, the bringing of the child to the movie. Like, if he wants to show the kid the movie, that's totally fine. Uh the issue is, is that he came in and sat the child right next to me, like in the row where everyone was sitting. Yeah, and this. Child had to be picked up and placed into the seat because he couldn't get in because he's so small. And he also had light-up shoes, I noticed. That's right, yeah. You know, those shoes where you stomp your feet and they light up.
0: Bright blue, this particular (laughs) color of light.
1: Yes, uh, quite notable. So... As each preview goes, this child is, you know, yelling out things. I don't, I don't know what he's saying, but he's yelling things out. And his dad keeps saying, yeah, Star Wars, it's going to start soon, Star Wars. And I'm trying not to get irritated because I'm hoping that once the movie starts, the kid will be so excited about Star Wars that he is silent.
0: <laughs> I had the same hope.
1: And the the dad also kept commenting, oh, wow, these are a lot of previews, but it's coming soon. It's coming soon. It's the
0: same amount of previews that any movie has. 20 minutes yeah. of previews.
1: But it sounded like he was trying to reassure the people around him yeah. that this would stop, right? Um, so then the movie starts, and the kid is identifying every Star Wars character that comes on screen. and. and-
0: in that toddler way where they don't know how to modulate the volume of their voice. Exactly. It's, I can't even think of the characters because I'm still so incensed about the whole deal, but loudly, <laughs> you know, C-3PO
1: yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yes, and instead of saying, shh, okay, we have to be quiet, we're in a movie, he was like, yes, yeah, C-3PO, uh, and, and encouraging him yes. to to yell things out. And he started kicking the seat in front of him
0: which was occupied,
1: yes, like pushing it to where the right. woman was being P- launched, pressing forward.
0: himself against the back of his seat, yeah, in order to get leverage enough <laughs> to kick, 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 and her seat, I could see her face lit by the screen of yeah. the of the movie, yeah, unhappy lady, <laughs> not surprisingly. She was an unhappy lady.
1: Yeah. And while this is going on, you're probably wondering, oh, well, what's he doing? Why isn't he you know, taking care of this situation?
0: Well, most of the time he was on his phone.
1: Yeah. And he even tried to take a picture with the flash on in the middle of the movie of the child.
0: Also, (laughs) I don't know if the audience remembers or recognizes Uh, my dislike for perfume on men. Yes. Or...
1: So people don't
0: feel uh, insecure, cologne, even though it's perfume, (laughs) guys, it's perfume. He was either Uh his olfactory senses have degraded over time because of the overuse of his man perfume, Mm -hmm. or he he broke a bottle of it in the car on the way (laughs) into the movie theater and fucking was completely just drenched in shitty... Terrible well, perfume. He
1: could have also sprayed the child so they would be matching in scent.
0: Uh, so <laughs> it was—it was, it was just—it it was an assault on the senses. Yeah, it
1: really was. Um, then and, the kid
0: got bored.
1: Yes, of, of course, very quickly.
0: And so he, when when he was when the father would pull him away, mm-hmm. try to quiet him down, the kid would get bored and then get up and walk around in the little space in front of the seats
1: again, light up with shoes. with the light
0: up shoes, <laughs> and finally. With the talking, I got fed up with it. And I just leaned over and gave a very stern, <laughs> sh- a violent shush.
1: Yeah, which I did not feel comfortable doing because the kid was um, in between me and the dad. You so- had to,
0: Listen, your purse was in the seat between the child in you. Yes. And you had to move your purse because he was rummaging through your purse.
1: He went for my purse, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And the thing is, is you're you're not mad at the kid, right? Because he doesn't know any better. But...
0: Yeah, he's being raised by a shitty parent to end up being a shitty adult. Well, and this guy, he also,
1: like we talked about a couple weeks ago, he left all of his... He snuck in... A bunch of sodas and stuff like that. And he left all of the trash under the seat. So, just everything that yes. could possibly be wrong with a moviegoer, he represented that. This, Every single thing.
0: This was more egregious than when we saw The Hateful Eight mm-hmm. and the guy broke open the bag of pistachios, uncracked pistachios, and began to crack them and. Tinkle them onto the the hard floor, rattling them as they fell. Yes. Rattling them with his feet as he adjusted his feet.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's just Orange County and people are just dicks here.
2: Uh Maybe
0: movie goers are just extremely problematic in Orange County, California. Because I've never had anything like this happen anywhere else.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I wonder if he was thinking, oh, people are going to think that my child is so cute or something. And, nope. <laughs> um, and it, it isn't really about that. It's just that, especially for Star Wars, that's a movie where you have to suspend reality and yes. kind of get immersed in the... Weird acting and the weird. You well, yeah, know. you got
0: Blib Blabs and yeah. Flim flams yeah. and Zorkians so- or, you know, all these different fictional fantastical alien characters.
1: Exactly. And so if you have someone reminding you. And by the you, way, save
0: your emails. I know those aren't the names of the species of the characters.
1: If you have someone <laughs> who is reminding you that you're just sitting in a theater being terrorized by, you know, obnoxious yes. behavior, then it's hard to get into the movie. Also,
0: it's not like the guy just met the kid like, well, maybe this is a quiet kid. <laughs> He knows how quiet or not quiet in this case that kid is.
1: Yeah, I will say, though, after you did your aggressive (laughs) shh, he... How was it? How did it go? Yeah. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Um, He stopped encouraging the kid and actually told him that if he uh, didn't stop, they would have to leave.
0: He was doing it too quiet for me to hear. So but that's you, interesting. You, you assure me. That's
1: interesting, though. Until that point, until someone made it apparent, hey, dude, not cool. Yeah. He he was encouraging the kid to talk and be vocal and yell out all of the shit he was feeling.
0: Listen, I don't want an expert narration of the movie <laughs> While I'm watching it, I certainly don't want some snotty-nosed kid who has to take out his pacifier to make <laughs> announcements about the movie.
1: Oh, he wasn't taking out his pacifier.
0: He was just talking through it. Yeah, blah blah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Oh, it was so funny though. We wanted to get a picture because we were saying, "Oh, no one's going to believe that this is happening with the light-up shoes."
0: Well, no. As, yeah, as soon as they sat down, <laughs> before we even knew it was going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Uh, I wanted. I leaned over. I said, "We have to get a picture of this because we bitch and complain about the movies all the time."
1: Yeah. No
0: one is going to believe these fantastical stories.
1: Yeah. Well, I wonder if people hear these and they're like, "Oh, they're so petty." You know, who cares? Or if no. they, or if they are just as outraged by this kind of behavior in theaters. <laughs>
0: Listen, if you're not outraged by this, or you think this is normal, you need to go into your utility drawer, pull out a ball peen hammer, and smash yourself in the head with it. Because you need a correction. This is not acceptable. Why am I chastising invisible people? Everyone thinks this is outrageous.
1: Well, not everyone because... (laughs) Not that guy. There were plenty of people on their phone. I saw all kinds of intimate Snapchats that I... Wow. Yeah.
0: I'm just surprised no one... Why didn't that woman get up and turn around and say, Hey, man, come on, man. What are you doing, brother? Get your kid under control.
1: Well, I think it's because she knew the kid was kicking her seat in repeatedly, and you're going to turn around, and it's a kid. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, and so there is this balance that you have to strike where I I need to say something to the adult, but I don't want the kid to get upset because it's not his fault.
0: I wasn't thinking that way. I just wanted quiet. Mm. I'm a little disappointed also in the Orange County audience that as soon as I did my violent shush... That I wasn't just showered with applause.
2: <laughs> Why yeah. didn't they
0: flip the lights on, pause yeah. the movie, yeah. have everyone Spotlight face on you, yeah, face toward me, yeah. and just oh,
1: bravo, bravo! <laughs> is that what you were expecting?
0: I, it didn't happen.
1: Here's what they need Bullshit. to in, Here's what they need to invent is because <laughs> some sort of process where you can like text the a, movie, yeah, text the movie theater staff. And report. Dick alert. Narc on someone is what I'm saying. Yes. And and then they come in and they remedy the situation without you having to get up, without anything. They don't know it's you.
0: Right? I don't even care about that. I'm, I'm past that. <laughs> it's like when we walked to see it's another story. It's like when we walked out of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And I turned around to the family behind us who was kicking our seat yeah. and talking through the whole thing uh-huh. and told them they were terrible people. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm outed as that guy. Yes. You, you, yeah, I think it embarrasses you.
1: Uh, who stopped the pistachios yeah, from, that's true. from cracking on the ground? That's true. So we both have an issue with telling we're people we're just to
2: maniacal. Stop.
1: But what I'm saying is that might be a remedy. Um, although you'll have people that, you know, abuse it and someone, if they bring in a box of Junior Mints that right, they didn't yeah. buy from the movie theater and then someone's like, oh, someone brought in They're cutting into, into
0: the movie theater's bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta,
1: I gotta <laughs> report an this. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
0: There's all kinds of do-gooders. Yeah. I'm only trying to do good for my movie watching experience. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Well. Because... I even ran through my head all the different excuses that guy could make. Well, I'm a single dad, and I only have this many times to bring my kid to the theater. All that, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But why? We paid the same amount for our tickets. Why should you get to infringe upon and impede upon my enjoyment at the movies? Mm -hmm. I paid for the same amount of enjoyment. Yes. And he was stepping all over it. Yeah. Just the cologne is bad enough. Yeah. The light-up shoes, the lit phone through half the movie, mm-hmm. and the kid narrating, <laughs> no good. Yeah. All right, well, this, we've gone way too long. Well. On Star Wars. That's all right. Almost 15 minutes here. It's all right. <laughs> Let's get to a couple voicemails of a more serious demeanor about the Me Too movement and this one more call here Um, uh, in response to Andy from Oklahoma, who solicited advice about possible, his fear of being falsely accused at his work, and we're still getting uh, voicemails.
2: Hi, this is Eric from the Midwest again. Uh, This is in regards to, I think it was Andy and his voicemail that he left about the whole sexual harassment or hashtag Me Too. I don't seem to be so uh, nonchalant about it, but it is a big deal. Uh, it is. The issue here that I think we're kind of dancing around is the tale of two Americas again, where people like the Harvey Weinsteins of the world can pay Israeli former, sold, what was it, secret agents to bad mouth people and Bill O'Reilly paid 13, you know, Fox News paid 13 million, where people like Andy and I, you know, if this were to happen to us, not saying that we need it, it's just if there was that false accusation, how could we prove ourselves? I mean, when you have rich, when you're rich, powerful and stuff, even when you're guilty, you can still use the money to... Covered up or put a reasonable doubt because that's what Weinstein did for so long. I, I, I just, it, again, it goes back to the tale of two Americas, the have and have not. I, I think that was what Andy was trying to get to in the sense of, you know, when you're a property manager or myself, somebody who's, you know, working for a living, and you don't have the money to. Back it up, or to you know cover it up. I, I I don't know. It 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 just seems to be that you know it, it's that fact that when you don't have the money, you're you're just looking. You know, it looks pretty bad. I I hope that makes sense. But it is a, to me it looks like the tale of two Americas again that the rich and powerful can use whatever they can to make themselves look innocent or cover it up. I hope that makes sense. Bye.
0: It, it makes a lot of sense. Uh again, we kind of go back to the fact that we're talking about the possibility of allegations that may come down the pipe that would be false against these two gentlemen. When on the other side of the coin we're talking about real traumas, real assaults uh, real damage that has that can be quantifiable, not the potential of psychic wounds because of some perceived injustice that may take place in the future. Um, that's not to say that if you are falsely accused, that it's not going to be uh, devastating.
1: Yeah, I also want to say that the two examples that were given to illustrate how powerful men can fight against false accusations were two examples of powerful men that were trying to fight against... Uh, real accusations yeah yeah Uh, so Harvey Weinstein was actually trying to cover up his actual rapes yes and uh, Bill O'Reilly paid 32 million
0: because of things he actually did wrongs he actually committed
1: so uh, (laughs) I mean maybe if there were examples of Uh, powerful people that were falsely accused that then dipped into their resources. I think that might be a better example.
0: It's not an even playing field relative to the descriptions or the examples that have been given. Um, I I do, Eric, I do take uh, what you say into account relative to two Americas, the rich and the powerful and then the regular people. They don't have it the same way. That's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. That's likely the way it'll always be. Mm -hmm. People in power have power and those out of power don't have it. So right. um in a way you're kinda kicking against the goads, trying to 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 make a difference there. I think we need to address what we can we can actually can influence. Yeah. And not stress about the things that we have no power or control over.
1: Yeah. And I don't think there's <laughs> anything else that could be said um because like like we said this is such a difficult area yeah. where there's no clear-cut answers and For sure. We're, we're figuring it out as we go.
0: And I think we're, we're we're doing the best we can. Yeah. So, thanks for the call Eric. As always, we appreciate you very much. I'm sure Andy appreciates the 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 solidarity. For sure. Uh up next, Thomas.
3: Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Thomas from Kansas. Um, I have been struggling with how exactly to um, talk about this. I'm going to try to make it as brief as humanly possible, but um, there are very good arguments on both sides of the hashtag Me Too movement. Women are being able to finally stand up and say enough, and they're being able to put their accusers in their place. And... On the other hand, men are nervous, and I'm not saying that they have every right to be, but they're not doing anything, they shouldn't worry about it, but a lot of men are. I have no idea where I fall on this spectrum, but I'm going to tell a really brief story. I was 16. Um, I was in high school, goofy kid, high-top fade, pretty typical teenager. She... Was twenty four. Um, we had sparked up a conversation. Uh, I didn't think it was going to go any further, and it actually did. Um, it progressed. We, she talked to me. She worked at the store down the street from my school. Um, one day, she decided to pick me up after school and let my mom know that you know I was going to go out with some friends. Um, we ended up at her house, and there was sex involved. I will be the first person to say that the the actual physical sex itself happened. Um, However, before that, she forced me to um, give her oral sex. I had never done it before. And I wasn't really looking forward to, to doing that. I was but I was a 16 year old kid. I didn't know any better. I was stupid. Um, when it happened, I didn't really think anything of it. I, I did feel I felt really violated. I do remember that. I was like, that probably shouldn't have happened. I don't know why she she, she forced that issue, but she did. Um, I I didn't even really bother to think about it. I put it out of my head, it happened, and I walked away. Um, in hindsight, and I am, as of Sunday, uh, December 31st, I will be a 46-year-old man. This was something that happened 30 years ago to me. Um, in hindsight, I do realize that there was so many different things that were so wrong about what was going on uh my mother had tried to step in uh the girl con- the woman continued to 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 pursue me um i have no idea where i fall in in this situation um a lot of men would laugh at me for even bringing this up a lot of women would laugh at me for bringing this up um however it did traumatize me. for a while when i was younger i i was completely adamant about being just not really cool with us. Um, I believe that there are monsters. There are horrible people, both men and women, who take advantage of people. I believe the Me Too movement is more than just um, a way to, you know, make men afraid or make women empowered. It's a way for us to open up a conversation about consensual sex in this day and age, and power, money, all those different things these are these are good conversations for us to have. I will continue to listen, and I will continue to support both of you. Love the show. Um, Brittany and Jesse, both of you guys are the best part. Um hashtag# me too. Bye. Wow.
1: This was such a powerful call. And I want to thank Thomas for sharing it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Um, It's it's awesome.
1: Yeah. When he said that there are some men who would laugh at him or some women who would laugh at him, uh, anyone who would do that is a dick. Certainly not worth
0: worrying about what they think.
1: Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Of course, this would be... Traumatizing.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say he he says um, he's not sure where he fits in. Yeah, you're an abuse survivor. Yes, the me, the hashtag Me Too absolutely applies. Yes, it, it is what you went through is no different. It, it, all you have to do is reverse the roles. Mm-hmm. If a man, if a 24 year old man forced a 16 year old girl to give him oral sex, yes, that's rape. Yes, it's criminal behavior.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why this um, gets confused when when the roles are reversed when it is an older woman. Well, it's because we a,
0: live in a patriarchy and men control the narrative, and, and and so often, sorry, but so often men like, oh yeah, the teacher fucked her student. Yeah, good for you, dude. That is so prevalent amongst men.
1: Yeah, it's so strange to me. Yeah, because you're you're still dealing with someone who is vulnerable. Who's too young to be consenting? Yeah, and I mean, what a what a difficult situation. And I again, I'm just so happy that that Thomas shared that because I think these these stories are so important for men to share too. Um, you have men like Terry Crews who came out. Yeah, and
0: the guy from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and uh, Idiocracy. Actor.
1: Yeah, and he talked about his experiences. And I think more men should feel comfortable coming out and talking about their experiences because it isn't as though they don't have them too.
0: It's not only because they also have the experience. It's also other men need to hear it. Yes. And no, they're also not alone. Yeah. It's a brave thing that Thomas did to For call sure. in. And uh let his story be heard because it it, it is important. Uh it, it adds to the, the conversation and to the cacophony
1: mm-hmm.
0: of stories that we're hearing day after day about people and their abuse that they have survived and that hopefully they've thrived as as a result of. Mm-hmm. So ah, Thomas, thank you. We appreciate not only your listenership but your your bravery and your your willingness to To share such an intimate and important thing here on the show. Yes. So um that is amazing. We appreciate it very much, and we are gonna move on. Support for I Doubt It With Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com/slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Emma. Emma. Aaron. Aaron. Ahmed. 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 Joseph. Joseph.
1: And Brett upped his pledge.
0: And Brett upped his pledge. That is awesome. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for choosing to support the show helping to produce the content that we make, helping to produce the interviews and the bonus content for the rest of our audience to enjoy as well. Um, we we offer Google Hangout calls as perks. We send stickers out. We're doing uh, once-a-week live streams on YouTube yep. of the making of the sausage here.
1: Yes. <laughs> Every Sunday at 6 p.m. Los Angeles time. That is so right. the next one is going to be this, this, Sunday, this Sunday, January 7th at 6 p.m. Los Angeles time. That is time. right.
0: And then once a month, which I guess will just be the last Sunday of the month, will be a wide distributed to everybody. Yeah. Not just Patreon people, not just the audience here, but also the general audience on YouTube, mm-hmm. which gives you a little experience at talking maybe to a few trolls. Good times. It was a good time last time. Yeah. We appreciate it, you guys. You are the best.
1: And don't forget to follow the Facebook page, I Doubt It with Dollamore Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dollamore, at Brittany E. Page, and at I Doubt It Podcast. hmm And that's it.
0: Rate and review the show on iTunes, always. That's not it. A big, big hell. Yes. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we're going to start with a little bit of follow-up. And again, kind of related to this sexual assault, sexual abuse thing. Gretchen Carlson, the former anchor... At Fox News, she had uh, one of the shows in the, in the daytime. She used to be a Fox and Friends morning show host Yep, with those goons.
1: And then I think she took Megyn Kelly's hour when Megyn Kelly left.
0: Oh, that is right. Mm-hmm. She was also uh, left Fox News under a $20 million settlement after having been harassed by the late Roger Ailes, the now dead Roger Ailes. Big news it made. Very big news. Well, she, we talked about it last time. This is why it's follow-up. We talked about this last time that the, the Miss America, the entire leadership structure of the organization was fired because of their inappropriate emails and the way that they spoke and dealt with contestants, past winners. And she has been named the head of the organization now.
4: Big change for Miss America. Former winner Gretchen Carlson, who led the charge against sexual harassment at Fox News, has been chosen to chair the pageant after its own harassment scandal, becoming the first Miss America to lead the organization. ABC's Lindsay Davis here with the story. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, George.
5: I can't sing, so I'll spare you. But here she is, Miss America's new chairman, former Fox News anchor Gretchen Carlson. In 1989, she was crowned Miss America this morning. She not only has a new crown, she's also making history. Miss For the first time ever, a woman is in charge of the Miss America organization. Miss America is Gretchen Carlson. Former Fox News anchor and Miss America 1989 Gretchen Carlson confirmed her new role with this tweet saying, honored to move this iconic program forward with so many amazing volunteers. The historic new role for Carlson comes on the heels of former CEO Sam Haskell's resignation over leaked emails exposing alleged crude, sexist, and derogatory comments about contestants and winners. The fallout for the 96-year-old pageant has been significant, with several key board members resigning as well. 2013 Miss America Mallory Hagan targeted by Haskell for her weight and love life, spoke out on Good Morning America.
6: So I really think that this is an opportunity to see how women can come together, support each other,
1: rise up, take over the things that they want to see happen and move forward. In an
5: open letter, 50 former winners spoke out about the culture of abuse at Miss America and demanded that Haskell step down. Carlson is no stranger to this culture of abuse, saying she experienced it firsthand at Fox News. You fear you're not gonna be believed, you're going to lose your job. Well, before the hashtag movement, Carlson went public famously about allegations of sexual harassment at Fox News and later settled a lawsuit for $20 million against then Fox News CEO Roger Ailes. In addition to Carlson's new title, three former Miss Americas are now joining the board. So quite a makeover from top to bottom. Smart now. choice. Yep.
7: Thanks, Lindsay.
1: So, it's the first time a woman will be the CEO mm-hmm. of the Miss America pageant, and then, like they just said at the end, there, several women are being brought onto the board so
0: well they've got to they've got to rehab the image because, first of all, I think we talked about it last time. it's fucking weird anyway this the pageant thing, and I think it's 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 nearing the end of its utility of its usefulness. And getting women in there might just prolong its existence.
1: Well, I wonder how she plans to change things up. I wonder if, uh, you know, they used to call the, the bikini thing something different. I think now it's like the uh, fitness the, section. Yeah, or the something. fitness section. So maybe they will start wearing fitness wear or something. Right, they're, um, they're
0: still parading them out to look at their bodies, <laughs> to judge them by their physique. It's still what they're doing. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, so... fucking weird.
1: I mean, we'll see what happens.
0: I I don't know if I've said this in the past, everybody, but it's 2018. Come on. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What what are we doing? What what are we... What are we doing? Mm Mm-hmm. Fucking weird. All right. We'd love to know what you think. Moving on, though.
4: I will say this. Look, I have millions of people on Twitter. That's a lot of people.
7: If somebody can't handle a Twitter account,
4: they can't handle the nuclear code.
0: Today was a big day for Donald Trump and the world on Twitter. A dangerous day. An alarming day for our clown commander-in-chief.
1: North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I, too, have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger <laughs> and more powerful one than his, and my button
0: works. Uh, he all, listen, we're going to talk about this. L- l- let's let JTAP kind of uh, shed some light on this moment well, today, as well as a couple others.
1: Well, before that, let's let's talk about how this is really code for dicks. <laughs> I'm serious.
0: Well, I'm laughing because it's the president of the United States. You don't need to have a dick swinging contest. You're the president of the United States, even if your dick is small. You're you're a small dicked president of the United States. Even
1: James Clapper on CNN today talked about how it's about dicks. <laughs> okay, but he said male appendages, right, so he's right. more of a classy lad.
0: He's a classy lad. Um,
1: <laughs> but this is horrifying, and this tweet has lit up Twitter. Yeah, because well, it's 2018, new year, new him, <laughs> and
0: hashtag new year new him i
1: think people were hopeful that i'm going to talk about politics um in a more productive way or you know <laughs> some sort of changes having to do with how we talk about this or how we deal with donald trump and it uh we're two days in and we're back to feeling how we were before
0: even worse <laughs> yeah even this worse. This is a nuclear war yeah this it- is about the wholesale slaughter of of millions of people instantaneously.
1: Yes, and I want to comment on that too because there's a lot of jokes about this and a lot of jokes that can be made. But in seriousness, this has to do with, like you said, millions of people dying and South Korea Every time, I just want to say this, every time Donald Trump talks about North Korea or tweets at Kim Jong-un or calls him Rocket Man or whatever, I think of Yuri, our yes. uh, listener in South Korea that we've heard for, our South Korean correspondent. Yeah, She's on the right. ground. And I think of her family and all of the people living there and what they must feel When they see these tweets. Yeah. Uh, That is horrifying that you're dealing with these two madmen who just can't stop.
0: Well, I, I look at it this way, especially related to this nuclear war button on the desk bullshit. There is not a serious minded, level headed person who works in the Pentagon who takes nuclear armament and the use of nuclear weapons, uh, takes it lightly. No one. Mm -hmm. No one thinks, ah, yeah, we can make the jokes about murdering, killing, slaughtering Mm -hmm. millions Mm -hmm. of human beings at the flip of a switch. No one takes that responsibility lightly, Mm -hmm. except for Donald fucking Trump because he's a five-time draft dodging coward has no military experience and doesn't respect what it takes
1: not only that thinks about things too much through the lens of like movies that he has seen right with the invisible jet and all of his wacky the ideas o- like Listen. he doesn't understand that people
0: really yes. die also the only innocent people the only button on his desk that we know of is the one that gets him a diet coke. <laughs> There's no actual button that he pushes to launch a nuclear weapon. Mm -hmm. There is a briefcase with highly sensitive computer equipment that contains highly sophisticated launch codes that need be matched up with different commands throughout the world. So one man just can't do it.
1: Yeah, he's confusing a nuclear button for all of the Amazon Dash buttons for like KFC yes. and Burger King. <laughs> Is that what
0: they're called, Dash?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's listen to JTAP. He breaks it down because there were other tweets today as well. President Trump this evening
6: responding to the nuclear threat from North Korea in a way that the world has frankly never before heard from an American president. President Trump apparently recently had been told that in his annual televised New Year's message, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un said, quote, the entire mainland of the U.S. is within the range of our nuclear weapons, and the nuclear button is always on the desk of my office, unquote. And that's a questionable claim in terms of North Korea's actual nuclear capabilities. But regardless, President Trump took to Twitter this evening, writing, quote, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food starved regime please inform him that I too have a nuclear button, but it is a much bigger and more powerful one than his, and my button works, unquote. The bellicose back and forth comes as a former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is warning that the U.S. is, quote, closer to a nuclear war with North Korea than ever before, adding that he did not, quote, see the opportunities to solve this diplomatically, At this particular point, President Ronald Reagan once said a nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. President Kennedy said every man, woman and child lives under a nuclear sword of Damocles hanging by the slenderest of threads capable of being cut at any moment by accident or miscalculation or by madness. The weapons of war must be abolished before they abolish us. And President Trump this evening, he's in a back and forth with Kim Jong-un about whose nuclear button is bigger and whose is More powerful. It may be difficult for some of you at home to wrap your minds around a U.S. president who makes statements like this about the use of nuclear weapons, which would, of course, murder millions of people. This warning to North Korea was followed by another warning by the president. This one to journalists in the U.S. tweeted the president, quote, I will be announcing the most dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year on Monday at 5 o'clock. Subjects will cover dishonesty and bad reporting in various categories from the fake news media. Stay tuned. This is the president of the United States issuing a threat to use nuclear weapons and then turning around and glibly chastising the media. These tweets coming on the same day that President Trump also suggested that a former Hillary Clinton aide who has been charged with no crime should be jailed and said the former FBI director who is in a witness, who is a witness in the investigation into the Trump campaign, should be investigated himself and also said that his own Justice Department is part of a conspiracy known as the, quote, Deep state. None of this normal, none of this acceptable, none of this, frankly, stable
0: behavior. <laughs>
1: uh, that is should not be a controversial point.
0: No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not normal. It's not stable. It shouldn't be brushed away. It shouldn't be brushed off.
1: Yeah. I love, because um, I've already seen Trump supporters um, defending this. Of course. Saying that. Fucking idiots. Isn't it nice to have a president who speaks his mind no. No. I no it's not nice.
0: Speaks his mind. What if he said something terrible about wanting to abuse children or or some other thing? Who cares if he speaks his mind if the thing that he's speaking is horrible? That's not a justification. Ugh, idiots.
1: Well, I I I don't understand how Trump supporters feel as though um Donald Trump is doing anything different in terms of actual policy with North Korea um, and taking action he's, nah. he's not taking action. It's a great point. Um, he's still doing nothing Well he, he, if anything, he's proving that he's all talk and that he's not going to do anything yeah because and this is why people haven't acted before because we're in a dilemma where people are going to die a lot of people. And so there is not an easy solution here, and it's not helpful to be firing off tweets, you know, while you're licking your fingers from eating your Kentucky Fried Chicken, (laughs) and slipping the phone out of your hand. You can barely type the tweet with your grossness. Like I, I don't understand how people think that this is getting something done. It's not. If anything, it's just making the situation worse.
0: I have heard. From multiple commentators that, well, look where we are. You might not like it, but look where we are. We're closer to to shutting this down diplomatically than we've ever done. We The, the, the UN just had a, a unanimous resolution against North Korea. That's never happened. Well, the reason that we're at that point is because they're launching intercontinental ballistic missiles that now the entire globe is within, within range. And once they're able to attach, affix a nuclear weapon... That's big time. That's Mm -hmm. why things are different. They're not different because of Donald Trump's tweets. They're not different because of some masterful stroke of of international diplomacy and foreign relations on the part of Donald Trump. They're there because of the inaction of previous administrations and the, the rapid advance of the danger by this administration,
1: yeah. Well, and and people criticize President Obama for his policy of strategic patience, right? Mm-hmm. Where the hope was that uh, through the use of sanctions, um, that North Korea could be controlled. And Donald Trump, I mean, he still isn't like doing anything. All he's doing is tweeting. And, exactly right. Um, escalating the war of words
0: and pulling the rug out from under his own Secretary of State, who's trying to get to the table to talk.
1: Yeah, and he's already proved to Kim Jong Un that he's he's not going to act. I mean, he said if he did one more thing, that there would be fire and fury that
0: the, the world, the likes of which the world has and never then, seen. Like
1: the next day, Kim Jong Un fires off another missile, and we didn't do anything oh, because again, on. it's one more complicated. More thing.
0: Oh, but if you do it one more time.
1: So there's one more tweet. I don't want to spend the whole Trump Trump tweets section talking about only the, the Kim Jong-un tweet, even though it's probably the most important tweet that he fired off tonight. Um, he tweeted, I will be announcing the most dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year, It was all in caps, so I'm trying to emphasize that. At Monday at five o'clock o'clock, I'll explain that in a second. Subjects will cover dishonesty and bad reporting in various categories from the fake news media. Stay tuned. Now here's how Like it's a
0: title of an episode or something.
1: Here's how he wrote the time. Five colon zero zero (laughs) o'clock.
0: See that is a presidential drafted tweet yeah you know when he does it and when staff does it because there are far fewer capitalization errors when staff does it because you know they're they're stupid but they're not complete morons and when donald trump is at the helm it is just a fucking nightmare of the english language
1: yeah so i'm horrified i'm i cannot imagine what this is gonna look like yeah monday at five he's gonna have like a mock award show I'm I'm so afraid for what this is going for to be for what look it like. might
0: be. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right.
1: What is this going to be? Is it going to be like a reality show, like a production? What is going to happen?
0: It's probably going to be just a series of tweets.
1: Just tweets?
0: I, I don't know. I w- would
1: Coming live from the White House on YouTube. I don't know.
0: They could do that. They certainly could do that. Just broadcast live on YouTube or get the president gets on fucking periscope like he's Mike Cernovich or something.
1: Or he goes on Hannity.
0: Yeah. All of these are... Valid, reasonable things that this idiot of a president could do. Okay. This I, dangerous freak could do.
1: This is the last one that we'll talk about. Since taking office, I have been very strict on commercial aviation. Oh, God. Good news. It was just reported that there were capital zero deaths in 2017. Capital Z zero, yeah. not the whole word. <laughs> yeah, capital Z. Uh, the best and safest year on record. He is so strict. On commercial aviation. They're
0: trying to <laughs> privatize airport security and put that in the hands of the gov- uh, of, of the airlines. Mm-hmm. They're not strict at all. And also, let's get to the bottom of this. There were zero commercial jet accidents, airliner accidents globally yeah. in 2016. Yeah. There have been zero. In
2: 2017.
0: 2017. There have been zero American. Right. Right. Uh, airliner uh, fatalities Mm -hmm. since 2009. So, 2010? Zero. Fatality free. 2011? Zero. Fatality free. 2012? Zero. Fatality free. 2013? Zero. Fatality free. 2014, everybody. Capital Z, zero. (laughs) full fatality free. 2015? Zero. Fatality free. And then finally... 2016. Zero. Capital Z, capital E, capital R, zero. Capital O. Capital zero. Oh, capital O. This is Donald Trump. <laughs> <Yeah. coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, ca- it's zero. Yeah. Since 2009.
1: Yeah. So he's taking uh, credit for the entire global.
0: Well, no, he's taking ta- in tra- credit also for Well, I mean. He's discounting the entirety of the Obama administration and their safety record. Right. Which doesn't really have a ton to do with the fucking office of the presidency.
1: No, but what I'm saying is in this tweet, he's taking credit for the global zero Mm -hmm. number for commercial (laughs) aviation. Like he had control over every. He's
0: real strict, Brittany.
1: Yeah, with everything, with things that he doesn't even um, control.
0: You know who's happy about this? Certain people who ride on Delta. Trump, baby. Yeah. We got some Hillary bitches on here. Come on, baby. (laughs) That guy is super excited about the lack of fatalities this year. Yeah. Even though he's not flying Delta anymore since he's been banned for life. Mm hmm. It's a good time. Yeah. Real, real good time. The other thing about these tweets, though, you brought this up today.
1: Mm-hmm. And that
0: is the Paul Ryan, what, the, the leadership in Congress angle.
1: Yeah. Well, everyone is now asking, well, not everyone, a couple of people on Twitter <laughs> are asking uh, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. Not enough.
0: Not enough
2: for asking. Not
1: enough. Asking Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell what they plan to do. What's the plan here, guys? Is this how it's going to be? You're going to allow this to go on with the tweeting, Kim Jong-un? And I thought about the uh, tax bill parade that they were having
0: (laughs) just a few, just a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, where Paul Ryan talked about the exquisite leadership qualities that Donald Trump has.
7: Something this big, something this generational, something this profound could not have been done without exquisite presidential leadership, Mm. Mr. President. Thank you. Yes.
0: Thank you, Mr. President.
1: Exquisite. Presidential leadership.
0: It is exquisite. Uh-huh. Read that tweet one more time, Brittany Page.
1: North Korean leader Kim Jong un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food starved regime please inform him that I too have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger and more powerful one than his, and my button works.
0: Exquisite presidential leadership. Fuck you, Paul Ryan. <laughs> You are a coward, and every Republican who remains silent in the wake of this madness is a coward. Listen, Fareed Zakaria is a guy that I haven't always agreed with in the past, and since the 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 coronation of Donald Trump as king of America, I have come around, and I kind of like him now. He's a guy. That makes a lot of sense, especially where it relates to a fucking wannabe despot like Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And this past weekend, before any of this insanity, he did a segment on his show, uh, Fareed Zakaria GPS, where he talks about the world losing a leader in the United States, that Donald Trump has resigned the United States as the world's leader
4: on a global stage. Listen to this. It is very, very poignant. Here's my take. In early December, German Foreign Minister Sigmar Gabriel gave a remarkably thoughtful and wide-ranging speech. It serves as a powerful starting place for understanding how sharply and quickly the world is changing. Gabriel set out what he described as the most important changes affecting our Western world and indeed the world as a whole by which he meant the abdication of America's international leadership. He noted, The United States' current withdrawal under Trump from its role as a reliable guarantor of Western-influenced multilateralism is accelerating the transformation of the global order. The foundations of security and prosperity are being called into question, and the risks of trade wars, armed races, and armed conflicts is increasing. The American retreat is coming at a particularly dangerous moment, in Gabriel's view. The open, rule-based, liberal international order that was created by the United States after World War II is now under its deepest and most sustained pressure since its inception. He observed... Tried and tested principles and foundations of international relations such as multilateralism, international law, and the universal validity of human rights are being called into question rather blithely by some, more shamelessly by others. He pointed specifically to the international activism of rising powers like China, Russia, Iran, and Turkey in this context. For Europe, Gabriel argued, the situation is almost existential because the United States has ceased to see Europe as a special place. In 1947, Secretary of State George Marshall laid out his vision for the Marshall Plan, calling for the rehabilitation of Europe, a vast responsibility which history has clearly placed upon our country. As Gabriel pointed out, since that speech, Europe has been an American project in the United States' clearly understood interests. However, the current U.S. administration now perceives Europe in a very distant way regarding previous partners as competitors and sometimes even, at the very least, economic opponents. Gabriel quoted a prominent thinker who asserted in 2000 that Europe had failed to define its interests and therefore had no real foreign policy. But in 2017, Gabriel declared, that is no longer an option. He urged Europe to define its interests and take its destiny into its own hands. Now this view mirrors those expressed earlier this year by German Chancellor Angela Merkel, under whom Gabriel serves, even though they are of different political parties and persuasions. His speech was also consistent with the views articulated in a speech in June by Canada's Foreign Minister Christa Freeland, in which she thanked the United States for its seven decades-long stewardship of the international system and strongly implied that under the Trump administration, American leadership of that system had reached its end. This then is the condition of the new international system today. Its creator, upholder, and enforcer, the United States, has withdrawn into self-centered isolation. The second great supporter and advocate of the open rule-based world, Europe, has not been able to act assertively on the world stage with any clear vision or purpose. And in this period, China, Russia, and a host of smaller, illiberal powers are surging forward to fill the vacuum. Some years ago, I described a post-American world, brought on not by the decline of America, I said, but rather the rise of the rest. That process has been well underway, but has now been dramatically accelerated by the Trump administration's foolish and self-defeating decision to resign as the world's leader. As the president might say in one of his tweets, sad. (laughs) Jesus. Very,
0: very poignant. Very, very true. Donald Trump, under the guise of being strong and all the world respects us now, the world doesn't fucking respect Donald Trump. Let's take these tweets, for example. Exquisite presidential leadership. If the globe and, and and foreign leaders, if they do take him seriously with his tweets, they don't respect him for it. It's like, like they don't really even fear him for it. And that's bad. Because he is taking us out as a legitimate power. Mm-hmm. Someone to be respected. <laughs> someone to be trusted. Someone to be relied upon.
1: Yeah. Well, how can you take someone like him seriously when he behaves this well, way?
0: Well, that leads me to the next point, which is it's likely they don't take him seriously. No. It's likely they just, ah, oh, it's Donald Trump being Donald Trump. And let me say, when the president of the United States is being brushed aside as a fucking, eh, what a moron. Yeah, he's just being Donald Trump again. That's not good for the standing of the United States of America, on a global stage. Mm-hmm. And when the United States isn't being taken seriously, listen, we have international listeners. It's not good for the rest of the world because Europe doesn't have enough money. They're not economically or financially vi- financially viable enough to provide the kind of fucking defense that we provide for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Under Obama, it started being better on the world stage. We pay the lion's share of the UN budget. We pay the lion's share of NATO's budget. We pay the lion's share of CETO's budget, the Southeast Asian Treaty Organization. And that's because of our wealth. That's because of the the, the military apparatus we've built up. That's not because they won't pay their fair share. It's the agreement that we've come to. And Donald Trump is trading away That security. Because he doesn't, he fundamentally doesn't fucking understand how shit works. He doesn't understand the nuanced balance of foreign relations on a deep, deep level.
1: He doesn't want to.
0: No, he no, clearly doesn't. It's more
1: than he doesn't, it's that he doesn't want to. Because it would be admitting that he's like ignorant or needs to change. And the way that he is, he believes that he has made it this far, as is. Yeah. And so he doesn't need to make any changes. That people voted for him because he is this way, he doesn't need to make any changes. People still support him and love him and praise him and come out and come out to see him at his rallies and cheer for him. And that's what matters. He doesn't, he doesn't need to change.
0: So look, I'll sum it up. But if we step away and China and Russia step in, yeah, I said it that that way (laughs) on purpose, China. (laughs) Okay. If we step away and China and Russia, step in Mm -hmm. to fill that void. Mm hmm in our stead, in our absence as a world power. The world is worse off with a China and a Russia. uh, Rampant human rights violators. The world is worse off. Not that we're perfect, not that we're always knocking it out of the park, but God damn it. The world is better off with America, the democracy of America, and the spirit that we try to embody than it is russia or china
1: i'm always surprised when we talk to our european listeners and they follow american politics more closely yeah. than many americans that i talk to most <laughs> americans
0: we talk to, for sure
1: yeah where they know more about the day-to-day um than people i talk to in my daily life yeah and, and it's what you're saying I
0: mean it's remarkable it's great it's remarkable but it's also depressing on the other side of the coin because it means Americans are fucking not paying attention yeah taking for granted what they have Mm -hmm. so uh, before we leave I want to touch on one other story that we really can't push because this is big news not really trying to bury the lead here but uh, George Papadopoulos uh, has pled guilty for lying to the FBI he was a foreign policy. He's the guy that the Trump administration is now trying to to, boy. to paint as a coffee boy, as an errant boy. Ah, we didn't. He's a low level douche. Nobody knows who that guy is. They've also tried to paint the Russia investigation as having been sparked by the dossier, mm-hmm. which now, according to uh, very credible, not even now, according to it's it's fact now because we've we verified it with foreign governments and their officials. Um, that is not the case. The Russia investigation, the investigation into collusion of the Trump campaign was sparked because of this guy's big, drunken mouth with ambassadors.
5: Uh, The New York Times is reporting what a former Trump campaign
1: advisor is alleged to have told an Australian diplomat during a night of heavy drinking. ABC's David Wright is in West Palm Beach for us this morning. David, how significant is this reporting?
7: Good morning, Paula and Dan. This time story is potentially very significant because it suggests that what launched the FBI probe into Russian meddling was credible intelligence from a trusted foreign ally. It was at this London wine bar, according to the Times, that a former Trump campaign advisor first told a top Australian diplomat that Russia had political dirt on Hillary Clinton. May of 2016, two months before hacked DNC email started to emerge online, former Trump advisor George Papadopoulos reportedly made the startling revelation to Australia's ambassador to Great Britain during a night of heavy drinking. The Australians ultimately passed that tip along to U.S. authorities, according to the newspaper, and that piece of intelligence is what prompted the FBI to launch its investigation. Papadopoulos, who recently pled guilty to lying to the FBI, was part of the Trump campaign's national security and foreign policy team, seen here meeting with candidate Trump. The president posted a picture of that meeting at the time, but later disavowed it.
4: I don't remember much about that meeting. It was a very unimportant
7: meeting. As for Papadopoulos himself, Trump insisted, few people knew the young, low-level volunteer named George, who has already proven to be a liar. But Papadopoulos was trusted enough to edit an early draft of the candidate's first big foreign policy speech, where he outlined his America First approach.
4: I believe an easing of tensions and improved relations with Russia from a position of strength only, is possible,
7: absolutely possible. Papadopoulos' fiancé told George Stephanopoulos all of the work he did on behalf of the Trump campaign was coordinated with top campaign officials.
1: He never took any initiative without the blessing of the campaign.
4: And, and you believe that he can demonstrate that? Absolutely, yes. The
7: president's lawyer declined to comment to ABC News about the Time story out of respect for the special counsel and his process. Now assuming that the Time story is correct, it would mean that the match that lit the fuse of the Russia probe was not that dodgy dossier uh, compiled by an ex-British spy and paid for by the Democrats, but rather was a source inside the Trump campaign itself.
1: And David, yeah. before we like to go, according to the New York Times reporting as well, Papadopoulos also fell out of favor with the campaign shortly after that reported meeting with the Australian diplomat. What can you tell us?
7: Well, there's no question that he was a small player in the Trump campaign, but just how small is a matter of uh, question at this point? The Trump campaign, ever since he pled guilty, uh, has been eager to portray him as somebody who is pretty much just a coffee boy. Uh, But his wife, as you heard, uh, uh, talked to George Stephanopoulos and suggested that he was in touch with Steve Bannon and Michael Flynn all the way throughout the campaign. Paula? That is an important point.
0: That his wife, the Italian lady that was speaking at the end there, talking to George uh, Stephanopoulos and George Papadopoulos, a lot of George's lauoppos <laughs> she said that he can he can absolutely prove, demonstrate that anything he did relative to his foreign trips um, was at the direction of the Donald Trump campaign, which would mean. Because it was a small... It's not a compartmentalized operation. It's Don Jr., Jared Kushner, and Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Paul Manafort. Yeah. We're getting to the bottom of this.
1: So here's what's hard to believe.
0: Snitches get
7: stitches.
1: Is that he was running his mouth...
0: Yeah, goddamn. In
1: a bar to an Australian official. Is it any more... But he didn't tell Donald Trump (laughs) or Donald Trump Jr.
0: (laughs) Does this embody the Donald Trump campaign and the Donald Trump way of being any more than it could that he's getting drunk and mouthing off in a bar? So he was
1: trying to impress the Australians, but he didn't want to impress the man that he was working for by saying that he had this information. Right. Right. Doesn't that seem odd?
0: Of course. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous assertion by the campaign.
1: You know what's so weird about all this is just how (laughs) brazen Donald Trump was about during the debate calling out to Russia to um, hack into Hillary Clinton's emails and all, all of these comments. I mean, thinking back on that. Um, While it was happening, it was weird for most of us, but I wonder as this information comes out, do Trump supporters slowly start to reevaluate? You know, I'm listening to this podcast on um, Slate's network, Slow Burn, and it's about Watergate. And as they go through the Watergate process, they kind of draw parallels to the Russia investigation.
0: You would, They would have to, right? I haven't listened to it, but... It seems like you would have to do that.
1: Yeah, and they talk about how the reporters working at that time, it was this slow leak of information, and you got one little piece here and one little piece there, and slowly started adding things up until finally the bombshell came.
0: And we don't have a slow little leak. This is torrents of information coming through on a weekly basis. Something, some giant revelation is happening.
1: Yeah, and it's moving pretty quickly. Pretty, I mean, not
0: pretty quickly. Not
1: quick enough for some people, but but pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So amazing. And then you have, <laughs> uh, stories like this, and you know that Australian officials cared more about America and our democracy. Yes. Oh, uh, I
0: know you thought about that
1: than certain people in the Trump campaign. It would appear.
0: That is amazing. Um Wow. And it's I wish I had an applause button. I'd be playing some raucous applause right now. For well,
1: you. it's just tragic. Um it, it really is.
0: Ugh. All right. We would love to know what you think. Call in.
5: Taken
1: care of biz. California,
0: California, you say.
1: California is taking care of biz. There are um, several new laws now in effect.
0: That's how they're taking care of biz. Yeah, they've passed some laws. Yeah. Slow news day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think I think some of these are um, good. So right. there's going to be um, free tampons. And pads in schools.
0: Big news, everybody.
1: No, this really is. Um, Governor Jerry Brown signed a bill into law um, that says that public schools with students from grades age to 12, which have a 40% student poverty rate, must have free feminine hygiene products in restrooms. Wow,
0: that, no, that is good.
1: It, it's amazing. Well, it,
0: actually, you know, I, I mean, I tease, but when you think about it, Toilet, but what's the difference why would they not why would that not be provided in a public restroom anyway mm-hmm. just universally why would it not
1: yeah there's typically let me tell you this
0: hang on if a dude's dick leaked all the time mm-hmm. guaranteed there would be free shit to remedy that situation
1: 100 um am i right yeah i i don't know i don't know what what the problem is but Uh, I'm, I'm glad this is happening because for girls who come from families where it's difficult to provide even the basics, um, Uh, what are you going to
0: choose food or tampons
1: if they aren't able to get the products that they need that can affect their going to school for that week. Um, absolutely it can affect their you miss a week of school
0: it's devastating you miss a week of school every month that's fucking you're donezo
1: yeah so this is this is really important
0: yeah california leading the way that's a great thing is there another i'm assuming there was another
1: yeah uh there's new salary rules so i don't know how you feel about this but employers can no longer ask about your prior salary when you're um getting a new job when you're applying for a new job So this will prevent them from using Mm. your salary history to decide whether to make you a job offer or to determine how much to offer you. Mm. Apparently, this was designed to narrow the gender pay gap.
0: Oh yeah, I see that. Yeah, I don't. um, I I don't have a problem with that. I I think that if you chose not to answer that question, then you're fine too. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So well, you know, I don't it's immaterial here how much I made last time. Yeah. It's not always the case. I think they can, well, fuck you. We're not going to give you the job. But now that <laughs> they've made it so they can't even ask the question. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesse D approved. Okay. <laughs> I wish I had a chomp like a stamp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you think of that? Um, I know. <laughs> okay. And then. Well, I didn't
0: know what these were. I had no idea what these were. A
1: recreational pot.
0: That happened uh, January. Fr- we voted on this last ele- November 8th, uh-huh. last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year, meaning 2016. Mm-hmm. And just now it has taken effect that weed is, is recreationally legal in California.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you so don't need a I can medical... get on an
0: app right now and have weed delivered to my front door in a half hour or so.
1: Yeah. You just need to be over the age of 21. That is right. And you no longer need a medical card. That is right. Mm-hmm.
0: Just got to find the purveyor. Because there's only a few different places where you can actually go and buy um, recreational weed. Yeah. Oddly enough, it's not everywhere.
1: Yeah, well, apparently the um, stores like you're not just going to see the stores everywhere because they have to apply for a state license to sell it. Right,
0: but but I mean, even like Los Angeles, they haven't put the mechanisms in place. There's none in Los Angeles, the way I understand it. None in San Francisco right now for huh. for recreational. The the one up north is like in San Jose. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few down here though, like in Santa Ana. Not like I'm breaking their door down.
1: Uh huh.
0: I haven't smoked weed and. In- been a long time.
1: Okay, so sanctuary uh, <laughs> state status. After a year of controversy over sanctuary cities, California is reinforcing its reputation as a sanctuary state. Both state and local law enforcement agencies will not be allowed to use their funds or personnel to investigate, detain, or arrest people for immigration enforcement purposes. Unofficially called a sanctuary state bill, supporters such as the governor said it prohibits the commandeering of local officials to do the work of immigration agents.
0: I like that. I'm not sure how I feel totally about the sanctuary thing. I think it's a more nuanced issue than, yeah, yes or no, we don't support. Um, But I I do like the, 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 the state government taking ownership of their own personnel. No, it's federal government. You don't get to just say what our people do. You're not mm-hmm. paying the fucking bills.
1: Yeah. So critics say it limits cooperation between federal agencies and local law enforcement.
0: Should always be the case. Has no one seen a an eighties cop movie where the FBI comes in and tries to run roughshod? That's what we're preventing. We're preventing diehard like situations, everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Okay, and this will be the last one because I see that you really want to uh, press that button in the show. Um, California approved Proposition 63, which means anyone convicted of a felony or certain misdemeanors must give up their firearms. In addition, online ammunition purchases will be shipped to a licensed vendor, not directly to a buyer's home.
0: Hmm. Um, I'm coming around on that. I think that the, the more gun regulations that we put into place that will prevent... Horrible, life-ending tragedies on scales of which we've never seen is a is a wonderful, wonderful thing.
1: Okay, one more. This was weird to God me. God damn it! Baby changing tables in men's rooms.
0: That was they're mandating that now.
1: Yeah, shopping malls, sports arenas, hmm. and other large buildings must have diaper changing stations in men's restrooms or in places accessible to both men and women. This is weird that it they were only in women's restrooms.
0: Uh, I've seen them. Every airport I've ever been in, there's a baby changing station.
1: Huh. Well, it says malls. also there's a
0: lot of there's a lot of unisex bathrooms in California. So
1: yeah, that's true. I
0: I I think that might be a solution to a problem that really wasn't around, but apparently it must have been somewhere. Yeah. We're not, they're not trying to, solve yeah, that's not true. A lot of times governments are trying to solve problems that don't exist. But yeah. anyway, we're going to end it there. We love you. We appreciate you. We'd love to hear what you think about any of these stories, all of these stories from past or present. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at com. We would love to have you support the show. You can go to patreon.com slash I Doubt It With Dollamore. You can buy stuff on Amazon. That still is happening. Dollamore.com slash Amazon. Of course, you can buy some coffee mugs and some T-shirts. Dollamore.info. Go rate and review the show on iTunes. If you're an Apple product user, we would love to have you show up there. We, we love reading those. I think we should start picking some. And reading the best ones. Not best. Well, the best. Yeah, the best. We'll just say that. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I doubt it. <laughs> a violent shush.